Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Weider, and I'm here, as always, I'm a good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? Doing fantastic, my friend. Ready for a fun conversation today. We are going to call this the Blueprint to Fasting for Fat Loss, or the Beginner's Guide to Fasting for Fat Loss, or the Re-Engagement Guide to Fasting for Fat Loss. <laughs> but today is going to be a conversation, a 30,000-foot overview of pretty much our fasting for life method. Some of the big needle movers, some of the big levers that you can pull, answering some of the most basic questions. So if you are a long-term listener and you're an OG and you're like, nah, probably not, probably not for me, I still think there might be a couple things in yeah, here for you. Stick around. Yeah, and for you honor offers or you fasting freelancers, or if you folks that are just in the more beginning stage or the stage where you're trying to gain some consistency, or maybe the scale was moving and it stopped, we're hoping that this conversation is going to be impactful for you as well. So welcome in to y'all, the new listeners. Just really appreciate everybody joining us for this conversation today. So yes. Tommy, the blueprint to fasting for fat loss. So what are we going to go over today? We're going to talk about fasting in general, different types of fast, go over some just basic definitions. We're going to talk about fast cycling and what that is and how we apply it, the benefits of fasting overall a brief definition of insulin and insulin resistance. What are the signs of insulin resistance? Like, how do you know? Because it's not something we can test at home. We're going to talk about how to ramp up into longer fasts. And then how do I break it? What breaks a fast? What should I eat? And some additional tips for success, as well as some truth behind why losing weight matters for long-term health outcomes. So, wow. I think we can do it. over today. Yeah. Yeah, I think we can do it. So, I mean, I think I, I think these are all the important parts that understanding them a little bit better means my next fasting decision feels a little bit more natural, a little bit easier to stick with, a little less likely to kind of get off track. And like that that momentum is is a big part of the process too. So I, I think it's gonna be good. So we recently did a fasting masterclass, right? Our first like live open access yeah. kind of event that we've ever yeah. done. And some of the feedback was looking for some of the stuff that we're gonna talk about today. Yeah. And this is why we have the resource, the blueprint. You can head to the show notes and click the link, the blueprint to fasting for fat loss. It's a free 20 page PDF. And it has all of the stuff, 30,000 foot view that we're going to go over today, but also the nitty gritty visuals. Some of the things that really yeah. need to hit home and some of the stats and things that we use and rely on to get results. But when we did the masterclass, it was, we were really pushing on the big shifts that need to happen. Mindset. The, yeah. Yeah, the mindset, the mental ahas that need to take place to not use fasting as just another diet because you're setting yourself up for diet results. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's going to have to be a start and there's going to have to be a finish. Right. right. Like mm -hmm. any other diet that I've ever done. So now this episode combined with the PDF will be a place to go, much like our mini masterclass, which was our 
fast start guide, one meal a day guide that's still on our site, still has tons of people going through it every single week on how to go from more of an intermittent to a one meal a day fasting weight loss strategy, right? Comes with videos. This is going to be like the 30,000 foot picture of the blueprint to fasting for fat loss. So this mm. episode combined with the PDF is going to give you a lot of things that you can put in to gain considerable traction with adapting a fasting lifestyle. So fasting is not a diet, right, Tommy? <laughs> yeah, correct. Because set you uh, up there. Yeah, right. Like if, if I look at it like a diet, then I should expect diet results. But that's, that's like, it's kind of like banging my head up against a wall, which is what it felt like for years and years and years going like jumping back onto the next diet or waiting for the motivation to hit because right. I knew I was off track. But I knew I still had this this big goal that I wanted to hit and I was going to come back to it as soon as I felt like the frustration of the last failure kind of dissipated. And then I was waiting for that lightning to strike. And then I kind of get back on board, change everything, renew my gym membership, change everything that was on my plate most of the time and, right. and really like hit it, you know, and start tracking everything again. But if if I if I can shift that a little bit going into what what really is fasting instead of it just being my next diet if i go okay i'm going to learn some tools here that are going to help me burn the fat finally that i'm looking to to do and and to gain control over the scale but then i can i can adapt my fasting to my long-term goals rather than throwing it out like leaving it by the wayside so just just tweak it over time for for sustainability long term that that's going to be my my number one best starting point for my mindset now we can start going like okay let's get into how like how do we actually use this for fat loss and knowing that i'm still going to continue using this as a long-term tool as well not just a temporary you know flash in the pan kind of thing yeah i heard you allude there to the on off mindset right so mm -hmm. life gets in the way and you just throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yes. And then you got to get the motivation up again or the despair and frustration high enough again. Yep. Are you willing to get back on track and, and, you know, start the process over? So if you look at fasting, so people from the outside that don't fast, right? Or in probably a semantics argument here, right? Well, aren't mm -hmm. you in a caloric deficit with fasting? Yes. Aren't yeah. you delaying your food? Yes. Those things are all true. But Simply, if you're a novice to fasting, it seems pretty simple to avoid, right? Food during a fasting window, during an eating window. Yeah. By definition, it seems simple, but in sure. the execution becomes a complexity. So rather than focusing on which foods to eat, which is the majority of where people go, okay, what I'm going to work out five days a week. I'm going to eat more salads. I'm going to decrease mm -hmm. alcohol. I'm going to limit carbs, carbs, whatever. Cutting them out. Yeah. 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 Just no more carbs. Okay. Yeah. Whatever that is. Instead of focusing on the foods to eat, fasting focuses on when to eat them. So simply in the beginning, you can just start to delay your nutrition or eating opportunities. So it's more of an eating schedule than a feeding schedule, right? Yeah. So it's contrary to popular diet culture, which is tracking, calorie counting, weighing macros, three meals a day plus snacks to stoke your metabolism. Yeah, or five. Six. Or five, right? Yeah. All of those that. things that we bring with us through the 21 day fixes, the, you Juice know, cleanse resets, the cleanses. Detoxes. Yeah. All of, yeah, yeah. The, you can insert any papaya uh, diet. mainstream, the lemon juice diet, right? The South yeah. beach diet, right? All of yep. these mainstream type things. So when you first start out fasting, the simplicity, the power is in the simplicity, 
But we bring in all of the previous iterations of our failed attempts sometimes. The and that is why baggage. that, yeah, some of the baggage. So that is why the masterclass was really designed to hit those tangible things mm-hmm. that can begin with the end in mind rather than just, okay, here's your fasting schedule. Yeah. Because what works for you may not work for me because your date night's sure. on a different night than mine. Yeah. Right. And yeah, your kids are in a different school than hour. my kids. Yeah. And your family yeah. visits at a different time, mine visits. And yeah. never mind cultural differences. Like our United States Hallmark calendar is different than, I don't know, pick another calendar. The Any, yeah, any other country. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like the yeah, Hallmark calendar. Here's, there's a peanut butter and jelly day. There's a sibling oh, there's, day. There's, there's a, everything. It's National Donut Day. Candy Bar Day. I'm like, get out of here, right? So fasting simply the act of abstaining from food, right? Time-restricted eating, time-delayed eating, TRE, TRF, time-restricted feeding. It all varies depending on what seems sustainable for you. So what's the right diet for an individual? What's the right fast for an individual? Well, you need some repetitions to figure it out. So when we're looking at the different methods, you know, there's the 16-8. The warrior fast, OMAD, two mad, TMAD, two meals a day, one meal a day. There's dry fasting, which is done most notably during Ramadan. We don't typically promote dry fasting for more than you know short periods of time. Yeah, um, we it's, really it's a focus on, on the body than it needs to be. Yeah, yeah there's I mean, some cool yeah. cool effects, but sure. we really do you know you know electrolyte balancing and yeah. hydration balancing fasting as well because you do lose some excess water. But then there's just the you know, skipping around. I'm going to freelance. I'll fast today. Maybe I'll fast tomorrow. Skip a breakfast maybe, here and there. Yeah, maybe I'll lunch. skip breakfast or yeah. Yeah, I'm just not really hungry at lunch today, so I won't eat. And then yeah. we've got our extended fast where we go with the 24-hour mark, the 36-hour mark, the 48-hour mark, and the 72-hour mark. And to be honest, we don't really use fasting lengths in that, fasting times to that length, unless there's some very specific metabolic functional outcome that we're looking for. So yeah. fast cycling, you by definition- You start to get very far away. I'm, I'm sorry. You start, no, to get very, you start to get very far away from, from real life and from long-term yeah. like applicability. This is, this is why we've heard from a lot of folks who have a, have a list of like fasting accomplishments with these right. ultra-long fasts, done it a whole bunch of times, but still have a ton of weight to lose because it doesn't help- Or still have them. health concerns too, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because it doesn't help to balance the relationship with food. I can almost become afraid to eat whenever I'm, I am breaking my fast. It becomes right. very comfortable to go, I know what I'm doing when I'm fasting. But as soon as I start eating, I'm, I'm really not sure you know, what, what to do. And I, I get this fear of the plate almost with, those, right. with some of those really long fasts and some of those habits that can come along with it. Great point. So most of us came to fasting for weight loss, right? Sure, yeah. Desperate weight loss for me. 97 out of 100 people that message us are asking about weight loss, sure, yeah. right, as a starting point. But there are so many other health benefits, right? So we've got weight loss, but you've got cardiovascular health. If you listen to the, some of the podcast episodes, typically there's a theme of, you know, we look at metrics, we look at labs, we look at health outcomes, we look at different fasting windows and yeah. insulin resistance and HOMA IR and all this stuff, right? So you get the benefits of increasing your cardiovascular health, reducing blood pressure, LDL, HDL, triglycerides, in, improving fat oxidation or metabolism decreasing insulin resistance, fasting blood sugars, A1C, yeah, uh, so increasing right, growth hormone. We just talked today in a conversation with a client about you know, fasting and autophagy for osteoporosis, reduced inflammation, yes. increased brain function, decreased brain fog. 
And you can just keep going and going and going. But at the basis of all of those things is insulin and insulin resistance. Mm. That's that's something that's like like you alluded to earlier. You said it directly. You said you you can't test for that at home. So it's not like I can I can just see what my insulin resistance is like right, right. now in a snapshot. But when we start to go like, well, what are the signs of it? What are the ways to actually tell if I might have that? One of the biggest indicators of it is long-term weight loss resistance. Every every failed diet attempt and every time I try to diet and it, it feels like it took longer this time to lose the same weight that I did last time, or maybe I didn't quite even get to as low as I did last time, that's a, that's a sign of weight loss resistance. That's, that's an indication of insulin resistance because it, you can kind of think about it as like layers on the onion that kind of like build up over time. And while we're, while we're dropping the weight and tapping into some of those long-term fat stores, we're, we're kind of peeling away those layers of insulin resistance, but it can take longer to peel them away than it did to build them. Uh, it, it's not, it's not always that it's, it's just going to go away like very, very quickly as the, as the weight drops. And there's, there's different stages too, but you want to talk about what insulin resistance means or how to like understand, you know, yeah. what it looks like. Yeah, so insulin normally affects the the ability for your body to tap into long-term fat stores. So it's the regulator. It's the on-off switch, right? So mm. when insulin resistance goes up, and we'll describe it here in a minute, um, that results in higher than normal levels of insulin, which makes it more difficult ultimately to tap into those fat stores, that resistance, yeah. that weight loss resistance piece that you just mentioned. So you eat food, you increase your insulin, and then depending on your energy storage facilities, meaning your skeletal muscle and your liver, right? Mm -hmm. Depending on yeah. how much short-term energy, 24-hour energy is stored there, depending as, as on- sugar, as glycogen. Yeah, as, mm -hmm. as glucose, right? Or glycogen yeah. in the liver, right? So you eat food, you have a response, food gets broken down, blood glucose goes up, insulin comes in and raises, kind of lags behind it. And yeah. then it's going to- process that energy. It's either going to tell your body to burn it. It's going mm -hmm. to store it in the skeletal muscle. It's going to store it uh, as glycogen yeah. in the liver, or it then ultimately is going to be turned into fat. So yeah. put in the deep freeze, right? You know, yeah. Lock, put, lock, yeah. The, lock the door. <laughs> right. So as we start to fast without food, insulin comes down, your body flips that switch, and then you're able to tap into those long-term fat stores. So yeah. we know insulin resistance things like cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes, Mellon-Box syndrome, other health problems such as non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. We did a recent episode on that, yeah. PCOS, certain cancers. Alzheimer's. So yeah, Alzheimer's, right? AKA type 3 diabetes. So some of the signs and symptoms, Tommy, are interesting because you mentioned weight loss resistance. So weight gain, even though you're doing the right things, especially around the waist, increased waist circumference, high blood sugar levels, high blood pressure, dark patches of skin, fatigue, that weight loss resistance, despite your efforts of diet and exercise, right? High levels of triglycerides, low levels of HDL, which is the good cholesterol. And then some of the, the more feeling-based rather than metric-based are mm -hmm. not being able to be satiated, right? Yeah. Not like being able pit. to like miss a meal because you get mm. hangry. Yeah, just, just, a, just a little while between meals starts to get like very uncomfortable find myself needing like having cravings for food constantly throughout the day which which makes it tough especially 
if I'm tracking things, I know how many calories I have, and you know all that kind of stuff. And then also like the the fatigue and the lethargy that comes along with it because post meal, post lunch. Yeah. Oh. oh man, like the lull right there. Because what that means, I mean, if, if you if you think about the insulin response, the higher that is, like diabetics and, and anybody who's who's supplementing with insulin, like they have to inject, they have to be careful with the amount, right? Because there is a such thing as an insulin coma. Well, as levels of insulin get higher and higher because our pancreas is sensing it needs to send out more because we're not having the proper response to it. Right. And that high level of insulin means that I come crashing down, especially when I eat foods that that spike my blood sugar more and need more insulin. Yeah. And that so that rebound effect is so before you even get to the insulin resistance point is if you have volatile blood sugar swings, right? Mm. You're going to feel a lot of this stuff as well. The cravings for salty, the cravings for crunchy, the fluffiness post carbohydrates or alcohol, right? And you'll get stuck in this kind of cycle of always looking for the next fix when it comes to food, right? And, you know, add in some familial predispositions, an abnormal waist to height ratio. You can end up going down the path of having these blood sugar swings which can lead to more insulin being required or these cravings, this craving cycle, this inability to lose weight, fatigue after meals, inflammation, abdominal obesity, which leads to imbalance metrics on the labs, hormone imbalances, yeah. hunger hormone imbalances, estrogen dominance, low thyroid, increased fat storage. And you get stuck in this cycle where fasting can come in and break that cycle by allowing your insulin to come down low enough where your blood sugar will come down low enough with consistency over the first few weeks, you can start to feel that, wow, I'm not as hungry. I'm not eating as much as I used to. I don't feel like I need to nap every day. Hey, Mm. I noticed that my knee pain's better. You know, all of these little kind of wins start to plan up and that's where the magic happens when you start to plan and execute on consistency or fast cycling, stacking those fasts on top of one another, because then you get motivated to keep going rather than just waiting for the lightning to strike to restart the diet again. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And and when you when you start to feel those things, like if you do have some just random kind of inflammatory pain, that's kind of like, it's kind of unpredictable. Right. As that starts to subside a little bit, you know, start to get into into fasting and then I'm actually you know, hitting my, my timers a little bit more and I'm, I'm starting to feel a little bit better. Like that, that's a really cool thing. But then the next time that I kind of revert back, if I, if I go back to any of those old habits or I kind of like, Hey, maybe there's like an indulgent thing that I've been saying no to. And I kind of want to just, you know, go do that again. Maybe it's a Friday night pizza night. Like that was our thing in our house, something like that. As soon as I feel that like weird random pain kind of come back or some of that like insulin hitting me, like smacking me in the face, then I go like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I like how I was feeling yesterday or a couple of days ago. I, I like that better. Let me let me go do a little bit more of that. So it, it starts to like pull me in that direction because I, I'm feeling the difference between the two. The same thing goes with with like brain fog too. I remember right. the the first time I kind of felt like that that beneficial brain fog, you know, after like a 22 hour fast, and it was like that's pretty cool. Right. Like I'd like to spend more time in that zone versus what I was doing before. Hey, y'all wanted to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently. 
Um, and now they are a sponsor of our show. It's airdoctorpro.com. You can head to the website, use a promo code uh, fasting for life to receive up to $300 off. But most importantly, uh, my little guy, my two-year-old has not slept consistently through the night uh, since he was born. We have tried everything you can imagine. He is our third child. And we're just like, what is happening? So we have gone to great lengths, time, money, and effort to figure out um, how we can help him sleep. And uh, the reality is uh, we were pretty much just resigned to the fact that this is how it's going to be until we put the Air Doctor Pro in his room. And I am not joking when I tell you the first night that we put it in his room, he slept through the night. The second night, slept through the night. Now we're up to 35 plus days that he has slept through the night. He has only woken up two times, rather than two, three times a night, two times in the last 35 days and counting. And we are just so incredibly grateful. The reality is uh, we had a feeling that it was something that we were missing. And the indoor air, air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air these days. In some cases, up to 100 times more. We spend 90% of our time indoors. And we take 20,000 breaths a day. So what's the solution? An air purifier, a cut above the rest. I'm not going to lie. We have tried others. We've tried other HEPA filters. We've tried other air filters. We have spent the money and they have not done the results that Air Doctor did in literally the first day that we put it in his room. They filter out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants. That includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. So I don't know what it was that was keeping them up, but it is now gone. So Air Doctor comes with a 30-day breathe easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com. Use promo code fasting for life to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. An exclusive listener um, offer for you as well. You'll receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. That's exclusive to you, the podcast listener, now hearing this in real time. Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code fasting for life. You guys know that we are very particular with who we partner with. And if it wasn't for this incredible company and this, the incredible results that we've seen, I would not be encouraging you to head to the website and take advantage of the Fasting for Life promo code. So if you support our sponsors, you are ultimately supporting us. We are grateful for you listening in. And now back to today's episode. Or the first time you extend your fast and, and go to bed without eating dinner, right? And you break that 24-hour yeah. mark. You wake up the yeah. next morning feeling incredible, right? Yeah. So we know that BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor, goes up when you mm -hmm. get past those 18 to 24-hour marks. So that can lead to that, that free feeling, that clear head. Yeah. And the reality is, is in the beginning, there's a lot of little stumbling blocks with fasting. As we typically look for the, okay, give me my fasting plan, right? Yeah. Give me my meal plan. What are my recipes? What's my workout? What are my macros? What are my count? Right. With fasting, it's going through some of the repetitions and we'll talk about what that looks like in just a second. But big picture, when we're looking at lifestyle change, we don't just randomly get motivated, take an action and then get a result. That's what we typically think when we're relying on willpower to motivate us to finally do something that we know we should be doing and we're not doing consistently. Right. We don't need to be yeah. told. We know it. That's why we say encouragement is greater than accountability. Because sure, I mean, we know, right? So yeah. <laughs> I don't need to be told when I'm not on track, right? It's like, okay, yeah, I know. So yeah. what it actually looks like for sustainable success is taking an action, getting a result, not labeling it good or bad, and then being able to get the motivation to keep going, right? Mm. And if you follow the 80% rule, 
with fasting and the fasting schedule that's in the ramp up in the blueprint, then you're going to be getting a lot of wins or results that are going to give you the motivation to want to keep going. Just like the stuff that Tommy was just talking about. So willpower, don't rely on it. Won't power like the, I'll resist the candy at the office. I'll resist the, I'll go out with my friends, but I won't drink and I won't get the light night pizza or I won't, (laughs) you know, no appetizers for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Right, right, right. I'll go to happy hour, but I'm not like, no, the won't power is only going to get you so far, but it's that I want power, that mindset that we talk about. So aiming for that, the want of the end goal, but then reverse engineering how you get there. Well, you need actions on a daily basis that build up to that big result-based goal. Because if you just set the goal and don't have the actions, and that's why you fall off and get frustrated. And that's why dieting is not sustainable for so many folks. Mm-hmm. So six days in a 30-day month is an 80% rule. Shoot for the 80% rule right? Yeah. A mindset shift. It's not perfect. It's not on or off. It's a process, right? So how to prep for fasting, I think is probably the next best thing to talk about before we go over just briefly what the ramp up schedules look like. Okay. I wanted to say one thing about the the 80% rule. Sure. Because I feel like the longer you've been dieting, the more you've been conditioned along that like perfection on off black white mentality, especially when it comes to what you're doing, what you're eating, how you're eating, and if if the scale is actually moving in the direction that you want it to be. Because it's so binary. It's so like easy to to find failures or to get smacked in the face by the one metric that you're using, which is the scale. And then it can be very, very easy to get off track. So I feel like the 80%, it's like anti-perfectionism, which can feel a little bit weird. But I'm going to encourage everybody, especially if it feels weird, that that, that, that absolutely is like understanding that life's not perfect. This month isn't going to be perfect. Even if I hit every fast this month and it was quote unquote perfect, there's always something I could have done a little bit better. And next month is unlikely to be, you know, a 100%. So building a little bit of wiggle room, forgiveness, wiggle room, you know, for myself, a four I set out on it is, is a really important step in the process. Yeah. So if we're looking at those, you know, that concept and you're looking at your fasting timer, you're like, well, what if I did 80% of a 24 hour fast? I was supposed to go to 24 hours. I only did 80%. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> it's pretty solid fast. Uh, I was supposed to eat lunch today and I ate dinner instead. Okay. Well, you still check the fasting box. Right. Right. But Big with win. the calorie counting or the workouts, it's like, oh, I missed a workout. Ah, oh, man, I, I'm... I was under on my protein. calories off. Ah, oh, man. Uh, is I that was, a big yeah, deal? Yeah, I went over 500 <laughs> calories, right? And we just drive ourselves yeah. crazy. So yep. when we look at using varied fasting windows to fit our lifestyle. Prepping for fasting is also important, right? So make sure that you're going to want to stay hydrated. Increase your water. Black tea and coffee are best. You can have some sparkling waters if you want. You're going to want to, you know, decrease the amount you're eating during your first few longer fasts. Don't try to consume all what you would normally eat, Mm. right? Days worth of food. Like a whole day, like in a one hour window. No, it's please don't do that, right? And you're going to want to limit the refined processed carbohydrates and alcohol because those are going to have the bigger blood sugar swings, which create the cravings and that cycle that we talked about earlier. And you want to start with the intention to finish. So you want to commit to a fasting window that you know you can hit. Yeah. Yeah, Right? That that, that gets back to your 24 hours, you know, the 80%. So it was huge. It was a big win. At the same time, if you consistently set a, let's say a 23 or 24 hour timer and you're consistently getting to 80% of that, 
what would be better for you to do would be to set a 20 or 21 hour timer and then actually achieve the result that you intended, that would be better than falling short of the mark over and over and over again. You're giving your 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 subconscious thought process and motivational signals and dopamine hits. You're you're getting a much clearer signal that you are able to to trust yourself setting the intention for the plan and and to actually execute on it rather than failing to meet the mark and then you you start to doubt yourself over time which kind of erodes the the confidence factor you know and it it plays an important role on on your long-term success here right so when you start to go into the planning right that's why we built out this kind of ramp up example schedule and you know we did 100 customized fasting schedules back in the day mm-hmm. based on a biometric uh you know um, like an intake intake form a mm-hmm. long questionnaire and and put you know put together these plans and what we realized was well once people had the plan they just forgot the plan yeah okay well that doesn't work so we need the repetitions right so when you're starting out you can start out with a couple of days of skipping breakfast and doing a 168 right you feel good go to a couple of days of doing an 186 so move it mm-hmm. from a midday lunch to a little bit later lunch um and you can just always flip this right and do bre- breakfast Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you can always just works. flip it on its head, but this is what most people do to start. Yeah. And after a couple of days of that, you can feel good. You go to 20 hours. And how are you feeling? What's the scale doing? What's your sleep like? What's your stress levels? How do you feel on your workout days? Are you cravings. moving? Yeah. Cravings, right? All that kind of stuff. So you could stay there for a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, and see some pretty cool results. Now, if you are looking to get the scale moving quickly, and we've had conversations about getting the weight off quick because of the metabolic, what's the word I'm looking for? The metabolic stuff yeah, that comes with factors, it, right? The, yeah, yeah. The, the cravings, the imbalanced hunger hormones, the, you know, we want to get the, we want to keep the momentum going by seeing the results. So yeah. you can, you can ramp up even more and maybe your week two looks like a couple of 18s, a couple of 20s, a couple of 22s, and maybe a 24, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So maybe the third week looks like, an 18, a 20, a 22, a 24, a 30. Yeah. Like maybe a there's a week. Dinner. Yeah. Maybe there's a week where you alternate 30 and 18. You go lunch to dinner, lunch to dinner. Mm-hmm. And you try these different windows and see how your body responds, how you feel, what your sleeping looks like. Cause if we visualize, you know, eating three meals a day and snacks, your blood sugar and your insulin are going to be high all throughout that time. They're never going to have a time to come down. Yeah. So stress plays a role. Sleep plays a role. Your mindset plays a role. Mm-hmm. Food choices play a role too. Food choices, the weekend, yeah. they all play a role in these things. So you need to play around with, especially with the marriage merge and the spouses and friends and family and social circles yeah. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Holiday you season. D- yeah. Holiday, the Hallmark calendar, right? The Snickers day or whatever the heck it is, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh, you need to play food, around yeah. with this. What'd you say? <laughs> Remember fasting food? Like uh, the, the, oh, the, the fast, bar, fast right? bar, you know? Yeah. yeah, I can't believe that was real. So then after you start playing around with these schedules and you ramp up a little bit, now the question always comes, well, how do I break my fast? So we have a couple of few mm. principles that we like to follow on how to break your fast. And Tommy, you told me one thing very much from the get-go and I didn't listen when I first started fasting. Yeah, what I said was slow down and resist right? the urge to just, you know, kind of just start opening the buffet table. You know, whenever you go to to break your fast, especially 
if you're in new territory, like like you you just finished a, a longer fast than you've done before, or you've only done a couple of times or a handful of times or something like that, then just just be slow. Be okay that you know this meal may take a little bit longer, or it's okay to like have a few bites, have a little bit, break the fast, Easy and then just kind of yeah, just kind of walk away. Like just walk away. 10, 15, 20 minutes <clears throat> goes a long yeah. way though. Going to kind of squash some of that initial hunger rather than like giving into that like ravenous feeling because I've I've certainly paid for that in the past, especially like like in in the beginning. It's it's pretty easy to do. Yeah, but just going into it with a little bit of like yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna avoid slow that down, right there. slow down, <laughs> slow down. Right? Yeah. So you got to play around with how to break your fast too. You know, sometimes there's digestive changes. Sometimes there's mm, fullness yep. changes. Sometimes you have this big meal plan. You can't even eat it after you've been doing it for a few days. Yeah. So a few principles that really help because we don't subscribe to one strict way of eating, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, it's up to you. What do you enjoy, right? Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. when it comes to the four rules, it's limiting the ultra-processed and ultra-processed, refined processed carbohydrates and foods as much as you can. Because yeah. we know yeah. the research shows the calorie density, the cravings. They the, make you fast harder. Yeah, they make your next fasting window even harder. They do. And then the health ramifications come with it as well. And then the second thing is choosing more whole food nutrition in place of those things, more home cooked meals if you can. Putting foods in your windows that you actually enjoy eating is number three. So if I was going to try to lose you know, 50 pounds again, and I had hired someone to help me, a coach, and they said, okay, we're going to use running as your exercise. We're going to have you on a pescatarian diet. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm like, okay, I hate running. And I, my family <laughs> doesn't, my wife doesn't eat fish. Yeah. So this is going right. to be complicated, right? Yeah. It's right. not sustainable, right? So yes, making better food choices, replacing the Big Mac with, by the way, Big Mac salad, go look it up. Incredible. It's actually just the homemade Big Mac sauce because you can put it on uh, anything. Okay. It's incredible. Yeah. I had a Big Mac in I don't know how long, if ever, been a long time, and I still knew what it tasted like after the Big Mac sauce. Anyway, right. but make sure you're putting foods that you enjoy, right? You don't want to restrict and omit your way and paint yourself into a corner. And then prioritizing protein and healthy fats. So if you're trying to reverse diabetes or decrease your blood sugar swings or come off medications or prevent that stuff, then, you know, limiting carbohydrates and limiting the foods that create the biggest insulin spikes in the beginning are great. Like, let's yeah. do that. But let's also think about what's sustainable for you long term, because we know that fasting changes food as we go through the process. Yeah, it really does. It's like when I'm when I'm kind of living in a state of just constant ingestion, digestion, like I'm bringing in food fairly, fairly regularly throughout the day without any real like large breaks in that, then some of the some of my like physical symptoms some of my like emotional my 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 state of mind and my state of emotional well-being can kind of be muted by by some of the like overwhelming hunger signals the cravings the like insulin induced lethargy um that that drop in energy you know that can kind of like put me in a fog to where i don't even realize some of this stuff is going on so i i mean it, it's crazy when you start to to put in some intentional fasting on a 
consistent basis. It doesn't even have to take that long of doing that before you go like, huh, I just noticed like XYZ food. Like for me, it was, it was pizza over here at like, a, like right, just right. a local, you know, random place. I just realizing how that made me feel versus like one 20 hour fast and like how I felt during those 20 hours versus right after having that pizza. It was like, I, I've had this a thousand times, but I've never noticed these things because I didn't have any, anything to compare it to. But so that, that just like, reference reference point for comparison is is like a huge mental aha where where some of the big like how fasting changes food kind of kind of can come in and that's where the relationship the emotional connection to food like yeah there's a big proponent of the stressful world that we live in where food is used to comfort us in what sure and if you you can't ever peel those layers back if you're constantly in a state of the habit patterns and the relationships that you have and how you mm. interact with food and see food. Cause we're in our diet, food's like the enemy, right? It's like, yeah, right. When you're on a diet, air quotes, diet, <clears throat> food's the enemy. Yeah. When you have an opportunity, a nutrition window or a, an eating window with fasting, it's, it's an opportunity. It's a positive to get some, some nutrition in, right? But, we don't have to worry so much about each little calorie because you're putting yourself in a significant significant deficit when you're doing these fasting windows. Mm. So when you break your fast, if you're doing OMAD, shoot for that 40 to 60% caloric need. You know, that's what we see. So if it's a full day of food, cut it, cut it in half and start there. Yeah. Put it in your eating window, put some time windows around it, give yourself some time, start slow. And we have visuals inside of the blueprint as well, which will help for you to be able to kind of compartmentalize and see these things. And try some stuff. First time you've done a 24 hour fast, don't just go right into the all you can eat buffet. Don't go right into the restaurant meal. Don't go right into the barbecue party at the neighbor's house, right? Like start slow, (laughs) a little bit of intention, bone broth, raw veggies, fermented foods, handful of almonds, even a small salad, right? Some people like to prioritize protein, charcuterie, prioritize fat, avocados and olives, right? Avocados have a ton of fiber in it, potassium. Mm So for sure, you just have to kind of play around with these things and see what works for you, right? And then just a couple of things as we wrap up, the the tips and tricks for fasting really is really to focus on the electrolyte balance and not necessarily the hydration, which is something that is commonly stated, man, I'm getting my 90s or ounces of water in, but I'm still really Mm. thirsty or my mouth feels weird or tastes weird or stinks right. like i just get this bad breath keto keto breath, yeah. keto breath transition thing happening if you yeah. can really focus on electrolytes and using redmond sea salt himalayan salt trace minerals that we talk a lot about yeah. then you're going to see a big difference in one the amount you go to the bathroom and two how you mm. feel the fatigue the brain fog the fuzziness those drops in energy all of that yeah. stuff can be very much helped with not necessarily the water intake but the the electrolyte and the trace mineral intake. Yeah, absolutely. Especially to go along with with the water that I'm that I'm bringing in because it, it it helps it helps me actually do what I need to do physiologically with that water. Because right. when when we're eating throughout the day, what what we may not realize is that we're bringing in salt and a bunch of different trace minerals and also some additional water. Do we typically those, drink when we eat, right? Yeah, yeah. During those eating opportunities, we're we're bringing in a lot of of, of hydrating, um, you know, substances at that point. So um, the hydration is still very, very important, but it has to be done deliberately, even during those times when I'm fasting. So I'm going extended periods without food coming in, and then you know 
one of my favorite things on the tips and tricks is is actually the to do list as well. So right. so especially in the beginning, which is when it's like this feels kind of weird. I'm used to you know eating throughout the day, and I, I have multiple opportunities where it's like a couple of hours, like these these different blocks of time that I'm not used to having, or I'm not used to feeling energetic during this part of the day like what should i be doing with myself like go back to the stuff that that may have been waiting for you for a while like dust off that old to-do list that's kind of like the yeah i'm never really getting to that i wish i could so it's almost like it became a dream list like bring that back out because you know you you skip a couple meals you got a little bit extra lunch money in your pocket like take that and and go do a diy project go do something that that like uh like increase clean out that clean out that closet Whatever it is that you haven't kind of gotten to in the past could be a really cool yeah. way to maintain focus, get your mind off of food, especially, you know, when, when cravings are still relatively high, like it, it right. hasn't really like balanced. It's not, it's not perfect. Right. But so sometimes I just need like a really, really good productive distraction that can go a long way too. And, and then, you know, after my, my next fast, I can kind of, um, uh, I could kind of appreciate, you know, what what I did during this last fast, and that that becomes a cool part of like the taking action and actually seeing a cool new result, which is motivating, you know, as far as part of the process. I want to wrap up today with just a couple of thoughts on why why this matters, like where we're mm-hmm. coming from, and why we decided to kind of go down this path of creating fasting methods and doing challenges and creating resources because you know, your weight loss journey, my weight loss journey, our sustainability journey is so similar to so many other folks. And the reality is, is that you being healthy and you getting the weight off and you living the life that you deserve matters to you because you're worth it. Like if you want it, you need it. The problem is, is that we've have so many failed attempts or we don't really know what to do because there's so many different ways or information overload out there. Sure. Yeah that we don't know what steps to take or then we don't have any personalization or customization of the process or we we DIY it or we DF done for you, right? Here's your here's your meal plan, mm. right? Yeah. Or now even surgeries and, and medications injections, for weight loss, yeah. right? And injection yeah, to pills, you. right? Done yep. to you stuff, right? The reality is, is that the statistics don't lie. And right now we have an obesity and overweight issue in here in the States. It's, it's, 72 or 73% of men and women of the population are are either overweight or obese. 42% yeah. in obesity that's including the severe obese category and then 30%, 31% in the overweight category. And the reality worse, is that year. and it's going up very quickly, yeah. right? Yeah. So most people, you know, at any given time, 50 to 60% of folks of us are trying to lose weight. We have more access to nutrition and food here in the States than ever before. It's part of the problem, right? So being overweight or carrying that extra weight is also believed to account for 80 to 85% of the risk of type 2 diabetes, metabolic Mm -hmm. syndrome, abdominal obesity, dyslipidemia, CRP issues, inflammation, arthritis, all the stuff that we've mentioned. So the reality is, is that in order to get different results, we need to do something different. If we want to become part of the 5% of the population, that achieves that healthy weight and that that desired life, right? That that happy, healthy life, then yeah. it might be time to do something different. And that's why we do the weekly episodes and created the blueprint fasting for fat loss. And if you're new, the last thing I want to end on today, Tommy, is there are two rules. So if you're new to fasting, don't talk about fasting 
and don't talk about fasting because <laughs> we all know that friend, family member, coworker, spouse, right? That thinks you're crazy for skipping mm. a meal or not eating, right? Yep. But then when you lose 30 pounds and they say, wow, you're, you look great. What have you been doing? You tell Your them fasting. And they're like, the roof. Oh, I can't amazing. do that. I, yeah. I can't do it. Right. So yeah. there's a dissonance to fasting in the beginning and it's completely natural and part of the process. So if you're looking for more guidance, two things, Tommy, one, you can head to the show notes, click the blueprint link, download the blueprint. It's free resource. We'll send it over to your, to your inbox. You can have it. And the second would be to go to the Facebook community. Head to the community, join our private Facebook group of like-minded fasters that are all yeah. working on developing the ideal weight loss strategy, fat loss strategy, and fasting lifestyle for each individual. So love it. I love this conversation. I could have yeah. this conversation. Well, we have this conversation almost every day anyway. So go grab the blueprint, head to the Facebook community if you want to join a community of like-minded fasters. Let us know if we can help you in any way. Tommy? Yeah. As always, sir, appreciate the conversation. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye. So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day -day life. While you're there, download your free fast start guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.